Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey there, welcome to The Tent. I'm your host, Scott Fellman, and it's time for another foray into the world of aquariums brought to you, of course, by your support for us here at Ten and Aquatics and... Uh, We've been really privileged to help you uncover sort of a new way to look at nature with all the kind of fun botanical stuff that we play with here. And it's been really gratifying to see the neat work that you guys are doing. So keep it up. Now, as you know, I've talked a lot in the past year or so about how I burned through all these iterations of my aquariums here. Sometimes after a few months, I find myself over an idea, like not into it anymore, ready to move on. And this is a far different approach than I've taken in years past and is driven as much by commercial necessity, i.e. showing you guys new looks, as anything else. Yet, I still take a sort of a weird approach, I guess. So instead of breaking down the whole damn thing and scrubbing the tank sterile like I've done in years past, I just remove the stuff I don't want and go from there. Now, often the reset begins with just a layer of leaves left, you know, to sort of do their own thing on the bottom for a while before doing anything else. That's sort of the, the, the base of the reset, the foundation, if you will. Of course, you know, going from there means coming up with a whole new idea and likely a new group of botanical materials. And of course, when we do that, it's time to reconsider all of those steps and processes that we engage in when we move forward with new iterations. And that gives us the opportunity to reflect and work from our base of experience. Now, as part of this process, we have to familiarize ourselves with the appearance effects and, again, processes that take place in our aquariums when we utilize botanicals. I've written so much about the aesthetics, the mental shift, embracing that earthy stuff and the tinted water and the biofilms that you pretty much have to be living under a rock. Okay, it's a little extreme, but to not expect this kind of stuff when playing with these materials. And of course, one of the core principles we need to think about when we contemplate adding botanical materials in our aquariums is to consider how much and how many different varieties and sizes of materials would work. I mean, this does seem pretty basic. However, adding the right materials can really make or break the look of the aquascape, right? Now, did you catch the part about size in the earlier statement above? Yeah, the physical size of the aquarium, of course, is, in my opinion, a very important consideration in our botanical selection. It's something that we don't talk much about around here, and it's worth bringing up from time to time again. For example, larger leaves, like medium-sized catapa leaves, they look great in medium to larger size aquariums. However, in a 5 or 10 gallon, you know, it's 20 to 40 liters for you metric people, uh, size aquarium or smaller, the scale of those items is, well, kind of off in my opinion. Now, a far better choice in this context would be things like the nano-sized catapa or even mangrove leaves, which are for the most part considerably smaller than those medium-sized catapa leaves. Now, there are some situations where you might want larger leaves in a small space. Perhaps you're trying to recreate a specific niche, for example, a forest stream where old, larger old-growth trees might be dropping leaves in the forest floor, and this would be, you know, a very appropriate setting for them. Or maybe you just like larger leaves, like bamboo or whatever. That being said, the same concept works, of course, for botanicals. If you're working with a very small tank, it just looks kind of weird, at least in my opinion, to add a bunch of really large materials, such as, you know, azalea pods, which are really out of scale for most smaller tanks. 
I mean, at least from my point of view, smaller botanicals just seem to look a bit better in smaller tanks and in larger ones too. Uh, again, it's really about scale um, and context. And that's okay. That's part of the fun of this whole game. Smaller botanicals are more you know, impactful in smaller tanks, obviously, when they're used in groups or aggregations. And I think that's part of the fun and the art of playing with them. So perhaps I'm making a big deal about this tiny aspect of a small subject, the, the idea of scale and utilizing botanicals in your aquarium. Yet the impact of using appropriately sized botanicals will have a terrific aesthetic impact on your overall aquascape. In the end, there's no hard or fast aesthetic rules when contemplating the use of botanicals in our aquariums. I try to stay away from rules when we can. However, the important considerations are to think about the use of botanicals and everything in context. And of course, once things get underway in a new scape, it's time to do some observation. In fact, maybe it's just me, but I think it's important after your initial work is completed to simply sit back and just take in what you do. That's why, like I said, a lot of times my reset, so to speak, involves just throwing a layer of leaves on the bottom and just letting the tank be for a while. I have this thing about creating what I feel is like a really good start to my botanical style aquariums and then just reaching a point where I leave them alone to evolve. It could be a couple of days, a couple of weeks, a couple of months. It could be an undefined period of time, but it's like a fundamental practice of mine, perhaps even a cornerstone of the work I do. A pause, taking a deep breath. Yeah, there's like a point where you're like, oh, I really like this hardscape. And you set in your initial botanicals and then you just sort of walk away and let it evolve a little bit. I call this reaching the point. Uh, It's sort of a jumping off stage where our initial work is done and nature takes over for a while, breaking down the botanicals, allowing a patina of bio cover and biofilm to, you know, cover some of those surfaces, removing the crisp, harsh, new feeling. This is where Amano's concept of embracing the Japanese philosophy of wabi-sabi takes over, accepting the transient nature of things and enjoying the beauty of the changes that occur over time. And of course, once stuff starts, you know, softening or breaking down, it doesn't mean that your job's done or that you're just an observer from this point on. No, 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 no. It just means that you're now in sort of a cool phase of actively managing. And I mean, by managing, I mean, emphasizing observation more than intervening. You're in a cool stage of actively managing the aquarium, making the minor tweaks as necessary to keep the aquarium healthy and moving in the direction, aesthetically, functionally, and otherwise that you want it to. A lot of people may disagree, but I personally feel that this phase is the most exciting and rewarding part of the whole process, and perhaps one of the most natural. A phase where you interact with your aquarium on a different level, uh, a place where you get to play a role in the direction your scape is going without constantly interrupting the natural progression taking place within the little microcosm that you created. And of course, the natural analog of this phase is when those initial you know, rains arrive in, in the tropical um, environments and inundate formerly dry habitats, flooding forests and grasslands and transforming them into aquatic habitats once again. That sort of pause between storms gives life a chance to make those adjustments necessary during the transformation for uh, dormant insects and crustaceans to grow and, 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 and proliferate, for fishes to wander into these flooded areas in search of food. As botanical materials break down, more and more compounds, tannins, humic substances, lignin, bound up organic matter, begin leaching into the water column, and this happens in nature and in your aquarium, influencing the water chemistry and overall environment. And some botanicals like leaves break down within weeks, needing replacement if you wish to keep the tint level or aesthetics that you've started to achieve in your aquarium, and others last a much longer time. Knowing when to replace or to add them is sort of a subjective call, at least initially, and we've talked about this many times. 
once you get used to working with them in your aquariums, you may be able to notice pH increases, TDS changes, or other environmental water chem indicators, phenomenon, cues, whatever you want to call them, which can clue you in that it's time to replace them. On the other hand, many types of seed pods and other botanicals will last much longer periods of time than leaves in your aquariums, yet may not even impart their tannins or other substances as quickly as, say, leaves, simply because their very structure is different than the softer, thinner leaves. Many will hold their form for a very long period of time, yet may not be releasing quite as much tannins or humic substances as they were initially. Again, it's sort of a judgment call, as much of an instinct and art as it is a science. As we've discussed many times before, without the ability to measure the levels of specific substances that botanical items are imparting into your tank, and quite frankly, knowing just what they are and what is considered normal for the system, it's really about nuancing it, isn't it? It's like so many other things in this hobby. You sort of have to take your best guess and just go with your instincts. Yeah, I know, it's hardly the precise scientific boilerplate advice some of us might like, but that's the reality of this kind of tank at this point in time. It's not like, for example, a reef tank where we have detailed chemical baselines for seawater parameters and, you know, 32 component ICP OES tests to establish baselines and, you know, measure deviations from them. Nope. It's about nuance, observation, feel, finesse. Obviously, you need to obey all the common best practices of aquarium management in terms of nitrogen cycle management, water quality testing, nutrient export, etc. in a botanical style blackwater brackish aquarium or whatever you're playing with. However, you also have to apply a healthy dose of the above-referenced emotional elements into your regimen as well. As you need, you know, you need to keep yourself in check too. Remember, anything that you add into aquarium, wood, sand, botanicals, and of course livestock is part of the bioload and will have an impact on the function and environment of your aquarium. It's a foundational, important thing to understand. As is patience. Like, even on a restart, you need to employ so much patience, right? Like, why rush things? I mean, we as a hobby tend to do that, right? I was kind of wondering is it, if it has something to do with some inherent impatience that we have as aquarists, or perhaps as humans in general, a desire to see a finished product as soon as possible, something like that. And there's nothing at all wrong with that, I suppose. I just kind of wonder what the big rush is. I guess when we view an aquarium in the same context as a home improvement project or meal preparation or an algebra test, I could see how reaching some semblance of finished would take on a greater significance. On the other hand, if you look at an aquarium as you would a garden, an organic, living, evolving, growing entity, then the need to see the thing finished becomes much less important. Suddenly, much like a road trip, the destination becomes less important than the journey. It's about the experiences gleaned along the way, enjoyment of the developments, the process. In a botanical-style aquarium, it's truly a dynamic and ever-changing system. And every, whole, every stage holds like an incredible fascination if you observe that. I mean, is there even a finish line to an aquarium other than the ones that we impose? I think not. And if we do decide that our aquarium is complete, and if it motivates us to do something different, to reset, that's perfectly okay. Because we can always return to the beginning. Stay creative. Stay diligent. Stay excited. Stay bold. And always stay wet. Until next time, this is Scott Feldman from Tenant Aquatics. Hope you've enjoyed this little food for thought today. And uh, hope you get something out of it. And I look forward to seeing you on the next installment of The Tint.